0: Thank you for listening to Scandinavian Crimes podcast. Be sure to check out the episode links and be part of our other social media platforms where you can leave a topic suggestion or even share some of your insights regarding the subject matter of the episode. We will always do our best to provide a well-researched episode, but sometimes due to limited access to information and translation issues, some information can be lost. It is therefore good to do your own research and get a deeper understanding of a case of your own interest. So with that all said, let us start today's episode.
1: So welcome to Scandinavian Crimes. My name is Devante and say hello to my lovely co-host, Delilah. Hi. And on this podcast, we will cover famous Scandinavian criminals who made their mark throughout Scandinavian history. So today we're talking about a very tragic incident that shook Norway. Faiza Ashraf, a 26-year-old Pakistani Norwegian woman who was abducted on February 3rd, 2010 from a bus stop in Haslam, Baram while she was on her way to work. Now, her lifelift body was later discovered near the parking lot in Sali Asker. Now, in this case, the police swiftly responded to a distress call made by Ashraf, which eventually led to the arrest of Shamraz Khan and Havad Naflat. Now, forgive me if I butchered the name, but you already know the deal in this podcast. One of the arrests of the assailants confessed to being involved in the kidnapping, claiming that he acted under the other's orders. The notorious case was widely known as the FISA case, captured significant media attention in Norway, becoming one of the first instances of non-gang-related contract killings in the country's recent history. The case also tells a tale of how someone's obsession can be very much fatal and so dangerous. So one thing I do want to mention as well is that this episode is very special, very interesting as well, is that You know, usually when me and Delilah are recording, you know, we're in two different places. You know, we're just, you know, usually in our own little pockets and bubble. But right now, me and Delilah are in the same room. Ooh. I'm so dead
0: (laughs) I don't know what kind of sound effect you want me to do.
1: So we're currently in the same room. So for the next couple episodes, that will be the case. And obviously, when, you know, we go back to our prospective countries and all that stuff, uh, we will probably let you know about that too. But either way, Grab your tea, grab your snacks, go uh, find yourself a little corner to sit down in to listen to the podcast and enjoy yourself in silence, or maybe not, maybe listen to it with friends. And today, we'll be discussing the murder of Faiza Ashraf. On a chilling winter morning on Wednesday, February 3rd, 2010, the tranquil routine of Ashraf's life was shattered as a 26-year-old stood at a bus stop in Haslam eagerly waiting for her daily commute to downtown Haslam. Little did she know the sinister fate awaited her. Suddenly, a car screeched to a halt, and before she could react, 25-year-old Harvard Naflat forcefully pulled her inside and locked her in the trunk. However, Ashraf's spirit remained unbroken. Despite the terrifying situation, she managed to reach for her cell phone and dial the police her trembling voice relaying her desperate plea for help. Although she couldn't provide her exact location, at least one vigilant passerby witnessed the horrifying abduction. Niflott stopped the car after a tense interval disclosed a shocking truth to Ashraf. He had claimed that he had been paid a hefty sum of money by a mysterious third party to carry out her kidnapping. Assuring her that he wouldn't harm her, he continued the journey deeper into the unknown. Ashraf, determined to survive, shared this crucial information with the police, providing them with a description of her captor and even revealing the identity of Khan, the man she believed who had orchestrated her very own abduction. Khan had been relentlessly pursuing her for five years, subjecting her to torment and harassment. Their journey led them to a secluded forested area of Sali and Oscar, just outside of Oslo. Niflot, discovering that Ostraff had become unresponsive, heartlessly dragged her lifeless body to a shallow grave he had prepared in advance. It was a mere 200 meters away from the popular ski trail. To erase any remaining traces, he meticulously vacuumed the trunk and resorted to making a makeshift blowtorch, desperate to eliminate all of the evidence. Shortly after, Niflot and his girlfriend fled to Sweden, leaving a trail of unanswered questions behind them. News of the young woman's disappearance spread quickly. On February 3rd, the police announced her vanishing, launching a massive search operation. Armed officers halted and meticulously inspected all traffic passing through Asker, hoping to find any leads. The afternoon, Shamrez Khan, a 28-year-old taxi driver, was apprehended in Oslo after Ashraf had implicated him as a possible accomplice during her distress call. Friends revealed that she had expressed fear and felt threatened by Khan due to his history of harassment as well as stalking. Initially, Khan vehemently denied being involved, instead, expressing his desire to assist in finding her. The expansive Vesmarka woodlands, where Ashraf's last cell phone signal had been detected, became the focus of intense searches by an army of police officers and dedicated volunteers. Yet, despite their tireless efforts, the missing 26-year-old remained elusive. In a bid to widen the search, authorities issued a yellow notice, suspecting the possibility of an abduction leading to her being taken abroad. The grim truth began to unfold on February 10th, when the police arrested 25-year-old Harvard Naflot, suspecting him of carrying out the kidnapping. Under intense interrogation, Niflat confessed that Ashraf had tragically lost her life and disclosed the location of her remains. He claimed that, burdened by gambling debts, he had abducted Ashraf under Khan's orders and her accidental suffocation had led to her untimely demise. Khan, on the other hand, denied any involvement in her murder, asserting that his intentions had been to have her kidnapped and subjected to torture as consequence of her refusal to marry him. The path of the two suspects had crossed during Naflat's employment at a gas station in Tavita, where Khan was a regular customer. The trial that followed sent shockwaves through the nation. On May 4, 2011, Niflot and Khan were convicted of second-degree murder and kidnapping, although neither was found guilty of premeditated murder. Their sentence of eight and 17 years in prison respectively left Attorney General Tor Axel Bush dissatisfied. He personally ordered the appeals and convinced the court they had made an erroneous decision. During the retrial, both men were found guilty of premeditated murder and kidnapping, resulting in an increased sentence for 19 years for Khan and 18 years for Nyflot. They were ordered to pay 200,000 Norwegian crowns in compensation to Ashraf's grieving parents. On March 28, 2012, the Supreme Court of Norway declined to review the cases effectively putting an end to the appeals process and closing a chapter on this harrowing tale of abduction, deceit, and tragic loss.
0: This is the nightmare like every, I feel like every woman has to be kidnapped by a stalker. And what's tough with stalkers is that you can't really do anything until they physically hurt you. And like you can report, I guess, if you have a lot of evidence, but even then, it's quite hard to like do anything against stalking. Uh, especially somebody like he- him, who seemed to be like so obsessive with her marrying him to the point where he ended up like asking somebody else to I mean he was part of the kidnapping if i assumed it correctly
1: Yeah like he wasn't like there the day of but uh he, he was He
0: let somebody else kidnap
1: Yeah like he paid to kidnap And they were kind kidnap. of kind yeah, of like yeah. okay
0: bye we're going to leave the country now Yeah 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 okay, okay okay but they didn't leave the country yet
1: Uh he the the one who kidnapped uh the girl he left the country but not with the body remember he buried her and then he left after with his girlfriend because he had gambling debts so he got that's paid why, yeah that's yeah. why I was
0: thinking like I was like okay but did, did the police like because they seemed to have put them on trial yeah they did so then I guess his escape didn't really do anything it didn't really
1: pan out like <laughs> then he got caught within at least from the story it seems like he got caught with it but Maybe. he was escaping
0: because of gambling issues.
1: And well, not he, really well, he was he was escaping because, you know, she died and she was not supposed to die. But um, he took the money because of gambling debts. So it seems like uh, when he left with his girlfriend, I guess, in hopes to not be detected, he like left immediately to Sweden uh, because That's they... That's like
0: the worst place to escape to. He
1: well, should have went
0: to like a completely different...
1: Like, I, guess, I guess his thought was, if I can get out the country before he suspected then you know he will be like oh i was i was in a different country like he was trying to I guess make an alibi but that didn't really work out but very I mean, well
0: sweden like yeah, at least go to like I don't, I don't know ireland like uk to the islands <laughs> like somewhere somewhere not a neighbor <laughs> i don't know i mean i guess uk is kind of a neighbor but it's like on, on like
1: it's a little further it's away the sea yeah, in yeah. between
0: at least um either way i just This is like a nightmare kind of thing. Um, Kidnapped and then murdered. Even though I guess they didn't plan for the murder. I'm glad that they got charged for the murder. Um, Because usually when stuff like this happens. I don't know why. But I feel like. Even though. Not only this case. But like the other cases we've been talking about. I feel like. I don't know i just feel like it's very they're very lenient in like giving
1: i mean they, any
0: type of like i don't know they're very like kind with how they judge if there's like a, a very obvious evidence but even with that
1: they, they still got uh they got retried because they felt like
0: but because was one it, person was, like, not satisfied with it. Well, what was his name? General... Attorney General yeah. uh,
1: Tor Eskel Bush. Um, he, He's like, nope. Yeah, he was like, no, there's no way. That is not premeditated. Um, truthfully, even though the guy did take the money, I'm surprised he ended up getting more time. Even if it's by one year. I'm surprised he got more time. What At are you least
0: talking about? Are you, are you talking about the...
1: the te- like uh, The guy who actually did the killing or did the abduction and then she died while with him. I'm surprised, like, they actually got more time than a person who was planning it. Mm. Like, I'm surprised because usually in the States...
0: It's the opposite.
1: It's like the person who planned it is basically held primarily responsible because if they didn't plan it, mm. then the crime wouldn't have happened. Versus the person who did the crime was just, you know, a byproduct of the person who planned it. Mm. So usually it's like flipped. Usually the person who planned it would like, depending on the crime, would get more and then the other person would get like a little less. So...
0: But that's interesting, though, because, like, even though they're planning it.
1: Even if they didn't do it. I mean, the
0: planning is also, like, it's showcases intent. Yeah. But, like, the person who did the act is also equally part of the plan and also doing the act itself. So I don't think, like, I don't think that. I don't know. I, I think both are valid judgments. And I think both should be. If not equally, like it should be quite kind of equally to me how they're judged. Is how I feel. Because like hitmen obviously have to be punished for killing people. I'm not saying he is a hitman in itself, but
1: he, he, he was technically hired. He was hired yeah. to
0: do something. So he in that case can be classified as that type of professional
1: yeah like i said it's it's uh subjective but that's what i'm saying at least for me it's a little surprising. i think
0: it's fair i think that this is very fair yeah,
1: either way i think they both they both are going away for a while and they're not going to come out until like they're in their 40s or 50s and all that stuff so honestly justice was served in this case uh you I know they so. they got the like i said this case was wrapped they up have within like,
0: with, like more money though
1: Cause... i mean sure but if they're in prison <laughs> i mean <laughs> they can't really work so uh, but
0: 18 years is actually a long time i don't i i, I don't know how they how the loss in Nor- norway is but like i think in sweden as i've said in previous um episodes i think like lifetime is like between 12 to 15 years or something but and i think f- finland is the same but norway here they're like 19 18 years i'm like oh okay
1: I think they reserve it for the most like heinous of acts. But um either way, like I'm I don't really have one, this is a very short story, but also two, um, this is once again we bring awareness, so it's not like a story as in like, oh yeah, you know a story, but um this this is I'm satisfied with the result because one, the police were very active and even though Faza, Ashraf, she lost her life, uh she still tried to fight. She still called the police. She still did everything she was supposed to do. And unfortunately, you know, she lost her life. But in reality, um, the police were very proactive. This case was solved pretty quickly. Um, and compared to like some of the situations where it could have been dragged out, it could have been, um, you know, could have ended up taking months, but they did this relatively quick. So good police work, justice, um... Especially with the attorney general making sure that they got as much time as they deserved. So justice all around. And this is an example of not only keep fighting, no matter what the situation is, especially for a lot of women out there, you know, just no matter what the situation, keep fighting. Even though she lost her life in this situation, fighting still increases your chances of being found alive than not fighting. So always happy for that. Um, but also just this is an example of good police work, of them being proactive. And the second they got the call, they started to work on it. So this is what should be happening when, you know, people call the police and they were able to solve this crime, get them charged. And they are convicted and all this stuff happened relatively quickly compared to how slow it could have taken. So I'm pretty satisfied with the outcome for the most part.
0: And also how to deal with a stalker, uh, make sure that you report and have a As much evidence as you can of the stalker. And if you have a chance, record so as well, because that's when they usually back away or be around, obviously, people you know, or don't go alone and, you know, regular stuff like that. Uh, And also, if you can't, try to file for uh, what's it called now again? Um, A restraining order? Yeah, a restraining order even though it is, that's a very hard thing to do but if you have enough evidence and everything you can do it so yeah, yeah.
1: so i think we're pretty okay so this one's gonna be short finally <laughs> but uh let's wrap it up with you know the usual nice little vibes little vbs uh so what are you what are you feeling matter of fact i'm gonna shout out the spaghetti i made
0: i i was about to say spaghetti i was like spaghetti
1: I'm gonna shout out the spaghetti tomato I
0: mean. spaghetti tomato sauce with spaghetti
1: mm, little, little bit parmigiano of cheese. cheese and then you know just a little bit of spice
0: I even added some cream like um it was good actually it was good oat cream because I like that oat cream we have so it's really good
1: it's really good uh so yeah I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode really uh short compared to the usual finally we have a short episode we've been bombarding you with relatively longer episodes but <laughs> this one is just technically a small one little like break and uh what next week's episode is gonna be a longer one so and it's gonna have a lot of information i might split that into part two maybe um we'll, we'll see how that plays out but i hope you enjoyed today's episode and i hope you have a great monday or whatever day you're listening to um this podcast on and uh i hope to see you in the next one peace out
0: bye